and that's the Toronto Raptors. I just knew I knew it was gonna go with the Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, his over there in the six. How you doing, my brother? Doing great. We, we're four days out from, from the season, man. Four days out from the opening night. And I'm excited to talk about the Eastern Conference, too, because this is, uh, is going to be a crazy year in the East. This is definitely going to be a crazy year in the East, man. So, we you know, we thought to ourselves, man, who better to bring than a Bulls fan? Someone who loves the East, man. Someone who's very knowledgeable in the NBA game. So, we brought our guy, Garrett, from the Super Mario Hoops 24 channel. How you doing, Garrett? I'm doing pretty good. Um, like, as Jay Hill said, the season's just right around the corner. In a week from today, when we're recording, I'm going to actually be going to see my Chicago Bulls play live against another Eastern Conference team, the Cleveland Cavaliers, who that should be interesting with Donovan Mitchell, like mixed with Darius Garland, all those guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, season's right underway. Also, I think I may be wrong, but I think you might have intentionally put that Jordan jersey behind there because you're <laughs> expecting me to. <laughs> 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 I had to I had to show a little bit of a little bit of love there, man. I just noticed that. So I thought that was funny. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Yes, sir. But um, but yeah, guys, so you, you guys know we did the uh Western Conference predictions. Well, we haven't dropped it yet, but we'll drop tomorrow, man. I mean, today is Saturday. Uh over here in the West Coast is nine at nine in the morning, Saturday, October 15th. Um, but so we'll be dropping the Western Conference predictions tomorrow, which will be Sunday, October 16th. Uh, too much math we're going on right now in my head, man. But basically, anyway, we here, man. Eastern Conference predictions. Uh, we're gonna run it off just like how we do with the West, uh, fifteen through one. We don't really need to waste no time. As as all the family know out there, subscribe. You know we are on the road to two two hundred subscribers before uh, next year, man. So stay tuned and uh, click that subscribe button. Tell your friend, tell your auntie, tell your cousin, tell your friend's friend. But. That's neither here or there. Let's go ahead and get into it. I'm going to go ahead and run off my 15th seed. And I went back and forth with this one. But unfortunately, man, I think as much as I like some individual players they have on that team, I'm going with the Pacers, man. The 15th seed, man. I mean, last year they were, they were the 13th seed. I like Tyrese Halliburton, you know, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. But besides them, like, I feel like this scream just scream, this team just screams mediocrity and like, it reminds me of the Blazers, but worse. Like, to be honest, in my opinion, every other player besides you know, those top three are just extremely mediocre. And I think Ty- Tyrese Halliburton is going to rot away in uh, Indiana unless they got a plan. Uh, but that's who I got at the 15th seed. Jay, my brother, you want to run who you got at 15? Yeah, I'm right there with the Pacers, Jay. Uh, this is a team who's – honestly, I think they're right in the conversation for Victor. Uh, they – I'm surprised they didn't get rid of Miles Turner and, and Buddy Heald, but the, that could be in the rust cards for, for the Lakers. I know they would like to have those two guys or another contending team who needs a shooter and Buddy Heald or another big man because who couldn't use the versatility of Miles Turner? But I also love 
what they're going to be because, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, we saw what he did when he came to Indiana, but um, as they're built right now, they're not built for today. They're built for tomorrow and the future. So I think it's going to be a tough year. And they also want Victor because who doesn't, if you're a bottom feeding team, I mean, you're not really trying to compete. Man, Garrett, who you got that 15 seed? Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with both of you guys. I think it's the Indiana Pacers. Um, You know, I'm, from Indiana, but you probably won't see me going to many, many Pacers <laughs> this year, um, unless they're maybe they're playing like someone insane, and I'm gonna just go check them out, like for an easy whooping, I guess. Um, but no, I think you know the Pacers, like you know Tyrese Halliburton, um, could actually be a low key most improved player candidate. Um, I think he's gonna have insane stats. Um, I think that drafting Benedict Maturin was actually a pretty good pick, but. Overall, I mean, like like you guys said, like they're going to be in the conversation for uh, Victor Wembanyama, and I think getting you know having those two guys, you know, maturing, and then also Halliburton for the time being, still have Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, most likely will trade them, but they're most likely going to be going all in for Victor, you know, because I don't see really any potential like spot where they could really fit Scoot Henderson into that mix if they were to get like the second pick or. Something like that, but I got Pacers at 15. They're just not a great team right now. They are a team, like like you said, not for today, but for tomorrow. Like a few years from now, they're going to probably be an elite team again, but not today. Not today, not today. I'm glad we all in alignment with that. Um, the, man, the, honestly, these these bottom like couple like four teams, three teams, they're all. Um, I said it in, in yesterday's episode. They're they're uh, GFV. They're going for Vic. So that, that, that yeah. that's what that's what it is, and that's what uh, uh, this 14th seed team uh, is as well, in my opinion. And that's the Pistons, man. Uh, last year they were also the 14th seed. I think they're you know they, they got a lot of young talent, a lot of promising young talent. I love how they. they recently uh you know given a chance to young players who haven't been really given a chance yet like marvin bagley kevin knox knows noel um and their future is bright man i mean their future is bright but just like how you said garrett uh not right now not <laughs> just not right now that's not their turn uh so i got the pistons at the 14th seed jay my brother is that who you got as well or you got them a little higher up uh you have you said you have the pistons right yes sir yeah, no, nah, I got the I got the magic, but like you said, th- these three, all three teams are, um, well, f- these are my bottom three teams. You know, the Pistons I have above them, but I think the Pistons I might they might be a little low. They might be a little low because they do I do like the talent they're building, but they gotta it's gonna take some adjustment to fit all the young pieces that they originally had, like the Cole Anthony's, you know, Jalen Suggs. I know he got injured, but when he comes back, Markel Fultz when he's healthy hopefully for a long time but he's also injured recently too but I just think these young pieces you know Jonathan Isaac if he ends up coming back they just got all these guys who play kind of the same positions with the in guards and wings so it's going to take an integration process for that but I like what they're building over there I think it's just going to take some time and I don't really know they're ready to compete for a playing spot at least this year so they'll still be towards the bottom so I have them at my 14th. Yeah, so I think I would assume you guys are in agreement with the bottom three because, I mean, we all picked Indiana. You picked um, Detroit, and then you picked Orlando. So it's like I think you guys are in agreement with the bottom three. I'm actually going a different route 
with a different team, uh, neither of those two. Um, you guys, I feel like this isn't too surprising, but maybe a little bit surprising because maybe they're expected to be a little bit better. But I have the Washington Wizards. Ooh. I just don't think that they're a really good team. I thought they had a bad off season. They lost three different point guards. They lost KCP. They lost, mm-hmm. you know, Thomas Bryant, who granted didn't really play really for them at all like last year. But I don't know. I think that they didn't really get much better. You, yes, they're going to have a full season of Porzingis. But ever since, you know, the injury in like 2018, 2019 with Porzingis, he really hasn't been too conducive to winning. You know, even though he's been on those Mavericks teams that have been great, a lot of that was generated through Luka and the system more so than like Porzingis. And I think he's going to shoot him out of a lot of games. I don't know if I trust the health of him, maybe not even Bradley Beal at this point, because he missed a lot of last season. So I don't know. I just don't really like the Wizards and I got him 14. Okay. Okay. I like that. I, I like that. I didn't, I, I got him closer there, but not, not, yeah, not I, at that 14. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like a, it's a little bit of a surprise, not like crazy, but you know what I mean? It's all good. We, we like the bold predictions over here at Clutch Talk, man. So let me go ahead and run off my 13th seed. And that's, uh, Jay, exactly who you said, uh, the Orlando Magic. And I'm thinking really the same reasons kind of uh, of, of you. But instead of me thinking that it's going to the integration is going to cause him to stumble, I think the abundance of young talent. I mean, uh, uh, Cole Anthony, like how you mentioned, Pablo, the number one pick, Jonathan Isaac, who could potentially be defensive player of the year if he – really can stay healthy. Jalen Suggs, who's still, I think, just a raw athlete who needs to, you know, really, really just work work on his game all around. Wendell Carter Jr., RJ Hampton, just all these young talent. Like, to me, it just, it's hard to see it, it, you know, all these players really lose this, that, like that many games, like more than the Pistons or more than the Pacers. But I do like that point that you bring up, Jay, of like, they all low key do play the same position. So it's like, well, only one can really be on the court out there. So um, I do, I I do, I, you know, I like that point, but I just, I had to put them there. Just too much talent for me. Like maybe it's, 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 it's stacked up at the guard play, but they have way too much talent for me to just, you know, not put them above the Pistons or Pacers, in my opinion. That's why I got the Magic sitting at the 13th seat. Yeah, I, I, I like that reasoning on that. For my 13th seat, I have the Detroit Pistons um, coming in at 13. This is a young team that I love. I'm actually excited. I, I know on the 30th, I'm going down to watch them play my my Golden State Warriors. So I'm looking forward to that game. Um, but, but this is a Detroit team that I really like what they're doing. I like how they're building... Um, from the from the ground up with these young guys, you know, they gave Cade the ropes. I saw, you know, we saw them get rid of uh, Wave Kemba Walker last night, officially clearing them of like any veteran presence besides kind of Boyan Bogdanovich. Um, but I just I, I like what they're doing there. It's the same thing with Orlando and these other young teams. I think they're like a year maybe or two away from competing. But the young backcourt of uh, of uh, Ivy and, and Kate Cunningham is going to be lethal i think in the next couple couple years here and they're kind of similar to uh, what i felt memphis a couple years ago you know they're like a year or two away but they give me that memphis um east vibes but they're kind of on the east coast too i guess memphis is kind of the east but anyways my point being you know Dwayne casey's the perfect coach you know building that defensive mindset into these young guys earlier in their career but they're a year or two away from competing um, legitimately in the East, in my opinion. 
Yeah. So my number 13, I'm uh, in agreement with you, John. I also have Orlando, um, you know, getting the first overall pick, Paulo Banquero. I think that's going to be huge for them, especially because like, you know, it seems like at the forward position, it's a little bit weird. I think Franz Wagner is going to get a little bit better too this year. He was up there for, you know, as a rookie deer candidate early in the year. And then I think he fell into like that next year, like the four or five um, spot in terms of the rookie ladder by the end of it. But they're going to have obviously Paulo on the team. Markel Fultz is going to ex- expect it to be healthy. I know he had like a toe fracture. He missed like all the preseason, but I think he should be ready. Um, for, you know, if not right by the start of the season, like maybe a week or so in. Um, I don't really know what to expect from the Jonathan Isaac thing. That seems like a whole mystery at this point. But, you know, if he comes into the mix anytime soon, I mean, that's just like, I guess, like a luxury to have at this point. Um, It does suck. They're going to not have Gary Harris this year. I think that he could be one of their veterans um, for them moving forward. But, I mean, you still have a guy like Terrence Ross off the bench and, I don't know. I think personally, like I have them slated at like 28 wins. I think that they're going to at least surpass that goal that that kid set for Cole Anthony, where he's like, are you guys going to win more than 22 games? this year?" <laughs> um, I think that they will win more than 22 games, but they're still not going to be anything but a lottery team. Yeah. Yeah. I, li- I like that. Definitely agree with the magic sitting at that 13th. So I'll go ahead and keep it pushing. Let me go to and get to my top seed. And that is uh, the Wizards. The Wizards also had the 12th seat last year. And honestly, guys, like I, <laughs> I even had this on my notes, like as I was doing this yesterday, like the real reason why I put the Wizards at the 12th seed is because the Magic, the Pistons and the Pacers are fully tanking. And I can't see a team like tanking with players like Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps Porzingis. I know Kristaps isn't the, you know, the most reliable, but, you know, I feel like, Kristaps, Kuz, and Beal on a team together is going to play, is going to, you know, do better, especially players like Ruchi Hakamura. I think they're going to play way better than teams like Magic, Pistons, and Pacers. Like, I don't really think the Wizards are going to have a good year at all. I'm not like Garrett. I won't, I don't have him down there at the 14th, 15th, but I, I, I do, I do got him at that 12th seed. Uh, no real reasoning. They just, they won't be, they won't be better than my 11 on, and they definitely, uh, will be better than um, Magic Pistons and Pacers. So that's why I got him sitting at the 12th seed. Jay, who you got, my brother? I don't have uh, have the, the Wizards there. I have them, yeah, one spot lower. I'll, I'll just give them that right now. But I have a team who is a prime, who could sneakily be a prime, like Vic, tank for Vic candidate. And that's the Charlotte Hornets. Which is surprising because I I don't think the Charlotte's are, the Charlotte Hornets are very good. I, we saw they lost Miles Bridges is probably out for the for the whole season. We don't know what his future in the league is or with the team. Uh, and then you look at the rest of this roster. I don't. It's not really built to win. You know, I don't really like. Uh, many of the moves are moves they didn't make in the offseason. They still got a defensive backcourt or backcourt that lacks um, it, defensively in Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is probably going to miss some time at the beginning of the season. And I think early on, um, we could see them start to, you know, rest guys early. But it also at the same time, um, this is a team whose their owners, Michael Jordan, we know he wants to win or I don't, I don't really see them tanking and, and, you know, resting guys and, and benching guys like a team like, OKC okay, or bottom feeder, but I just don't see them competing 
or even being in the play in this year. Um, they got a brand new coach um, again this year. So, uh, and, and Steve Clifford, and he he's, you know, coached there before, but this will be his first time with this union and everything. So I, it's just, it's not looking good for Charlotte. I don't see them competing. Um, and it, I don't see them being better than the Wizards this year, who I have at the next spot. So I have them coming in 12 uh, this year. I mean, it yeah. could be lower, honestly. I'm I'm right there with you, Jay Hill. I think the Hornets are, they're my pick for the 12th seed too. Um, they didn't really add anything, maybe like Mark Williams in the draft. That might help them out because they didn't really have a big man last year. Um, they're probably the guy that they played at the five some last year that was the best for them um, was probably Harrell. I would probably say he's better than Plumlee personally, but um, I guess that could be debated but they lost him and then also like the miles bridges thing who you know he was like a most improved player candidate and he was the second best player on their team now they're gonna have gordon hayward back like he's supposed to be healthy he might help them win you know a little bit more but i think overall like the team just isn't that good i think you know you're starting to see like i think they were talking to Lamelo the other day and he kind of like hinted towards some frustration like you know, with the team or something like that. And even though, like, this wasn't really ever confirmed, like, through the Donovan Mitchell situation, I wouldn't be surprised if the media starts to, like, you know, almost push a narrative like LaMelo wants out, LaMelo wants to go somewhere else. Because at this point, like, the Hornets just don't look like a good team. They were the 10th seed the last two years. I don't even think they'll get that. Like, I think at this point, like, when people think of the Hornets, the only thing that they're looking forward to is like maybe Leangelo Ball will finally play an NBA game. Like that's probably like as far as where they're going. So mm-hmm. I have them 12th. I don't think they're going to make much noise this year. Man, honestly, guys, look, I've I've said it on the pod before. I believe in true honesty and transparency. I definitely should have had the the, the Hornets down lower, man, because I, I don't know why, but it just totally slipped my mind like that Miles Bridges, their second best. I knew that they you know he was the second best player, but Think about it. Like he averaged 20 points per game and seven rebounds. Now that's just totally getting just washed because I did some research yesterday and I seen that Miles Bridges hearing uh, for his case is actually on Monday, October 17th. So what no, really, no matter what happens, like this literally changes everything for the Hornets. Uh, so absolutely. I do. Um, I'll make a, I'll make, I'll make a little audible here, man. <laughs> I gotta, I definitely got the Hornets. Um, at that 12 seed, but instead that I actually have him in the 11 seed, but um, I should have had him at the 12 seed, but that is um, my 11 seed. <laughs> so that's, that's the Hornets. Jay, who you got at the 11 seed? The 11 seed, I have uh Washington wizards. It, it was a tough, it was a tough battle for the, the team. I was flip-flopping between the team I have at 10 and this team, uh, but they yeah, the wizards. Is also a team who could, who could compete. You know, they they they're going to be right in that mix along with these other three teams that I have at the 11th, 10th, and 9th, kind of competing for those last few play in, play in spots. But I I think a lot of us are sleeping on the fact that a lot of you know people, fans, whatever it may be, are sleeping on the fact that Chris Stapps, Porzingis, and and Bradley Beal didn't play any games together last year, and I think that could be a potentially lethal combo. Um, their games, you know, as pick and roll partners, um, you know, we know how lethal Bradley Beal is in the mid range. Um, we know that the stretch 
versatility that Kristaps Porzingis can offer. And John, you know how I feel about Kristaps Porzingis. The only thing stopping him from being an elite big man is staying on the floor. When he's playing, he, he I think he's a great player. You know, he can do everything you want in a stretch big. Uh, he can handle the ball a little bit at his size. Defensively, when he's engaged, he can be a, uh, a great rim protector. So I just think I like that combination. And then you look at the other role players that they have, solid NBA veterans and Kyle Kuzma. He's a plug and play um, in any team. And also, I will add this little asterisk. If, if they're... The, if the Wizards aren't competing and they aren't a good team, I can see a lot of teams be on the market and asking potentially about Kyle Kuzma because he can plug and play for any contender with his skill set. So I'll just add that little piece. But, you know, talking about the rest of the roster, Monte Morris, I think he's a solid NBA piece. Um, Corey Kisper, the rookie. They just got guys, Danny, Danny uh, Dia, um, guys who are, you know, not the biggest names, but who are solid NBA players. And for that reason, they're going to be, you know, right in the mix. And I don't see them being a bad basketball team, but they're not going to be good by any stretch. There's an average team right around this, this rating uh, ranking in the, in the, in the East. Yeah. So for my 11 seed, I had them a little bit higher than, you know, both of you guys were in agreement They're you know, in the bottom three, but I think they're the best of, those bottom three teams and that's the Detroit Pistons. Um, <clears throat> I feel like Kate Cunningham, I've always been high on him. I think he's going to be an all-star this year, you know, in some way, shape or form. And I think getting Jaden Ivey, who personally for me, you know, I thought, and I do still think that, you know, I, I know when I talked about this, like with John, he comes at me with Evan Mobley a lot of the times, but I think Cade is the best player in last year's draft class. And I think Jaden Ivey, is the best player in this year's draft class, you know, and you pair both of them together, in my opinion, along with getting, you know, Jalen Duran in the draft, they added Bogdanovich, like you guys said, they also have, you know, some other guys too, like Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, who they added uh, through that uh, Knicks trade. And I don't know, I'm excited to see like also Hamidou Diallo, he kind of expanded his game last year to be more than just like a dunker. Like he was actually like a fluid NBA player. So I think they're going to be better. Um, there's always one of those young teams that's, you know, a little bit surprising and maybe like kind of gets people scared, like, wow, like maybe they're, they're ready or something like that. And I think they're going to kind of do that in a way. I think you said Jay Hill, like you compared them to the Grizzlies. Like I could kind of mm-hmm. see a little bit of similarities like with that, like from the early times, but I think they're going to just miss in on the play in um, just because I think the other 10 teams above them at this point in time are better, but they're another team that's for tomorrow. Like in three, four years, we might be talking about the Pistons. It's like I'm, I'm, I'm serious saying this: championship contenders, because they might be. So I have them at eleven. Yeah, Garrett. My question, my only question: you, you know how well we've seen in the past um, with Dwayne Casey and his rotations. You know, with, with uh-huh. young guys and you know giving cutting young guys off, not giving them that kind of rotation. Like Jaden Ivy, is he going to be starting? day one my question to you is that like a concern because i know me for me personally we've seen what he's done in toronto we've seen what he did last year with these young guys in detroit i'm just worried about them not getting enough minutes to where they're going to be able to you know flourish and, and really tap into their skills skill set and develop is that a concern for you in, in detroit 
It, it can be. I think this situation, though, like there's just so many, like it's a majority of young guys that you're going to have to play some of them. And at least in the preseason, he's been giving like Jaden Ivey a pretty fair shot. I, I believe he's been starting. Uh, I would be more concerned, I guess, more so like with Jalen Duran because like you also have to manage Isaiah Stewart in there. So like he might just, you know, give him more um, playing time early on and then maybe it would take time to work Duran into the rotation more, but I don't know. I think they have a healthy mix of veterans and also young players that are really talented. Um, and like I said, I just trust Cade. And I think that Jaden Ivy as well is like a perfect match with him. So I think they're going to be pretty decent this year, but you know, the real conversation with them comes in like maybe three, four five years when I think they're going to hit more towards their prime and they're going to be an elite team, probably in the East, at least it trends towards that. Absolutely. Yeah. They definitely they definitely will be an elite team in the East. Um, <clears throat> I, I am higher on Evan than I am uh, Cade, but I do think that Cade is going to be like one of those, you know, Luka Doncic type players, man. But, you know, I, 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 I can't leave Evan Mobley's side, man. I can't leave Evan Mobley's side. All right. So then let's go ahead and get into this uh, top 10 category, man. This, these are the teams that now will actually make the play in. And in my 10th seed, I got the Knicks, man. Uh, you know, solid roster on paper, you know, Brunson, Rose, Barrett, Randall, Cam, Red, uh, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, but very similar to, um, well, yesterday when we were doing the Western Conference prediction, um, our guy Greg, our guest that we had on said, I'm tired of seeing it on paper. I need to see it in person. That's what he said about the Kings. And honestly, that's what I'm going to say about the Knicks, man. Like, it, this looks solid on paper. It really does. But, like, I need to see it, it work in person because it just it just hasn't in, 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 in New York for the past couple of years. I mean, you know, they had that year where, uh, where uh, Julius Randle kind of, you know, started to take off and everyone thought he was going to really emerge. And honestly, me, myself, I thought he was going to emerge as like the 1A type player and the Knicks are going to take off. Uh, but then the following year, right back down to the slump. Uh, so the the Knicks uh, with me, unfortunately, I think they just gave Jalen Brunson a bag and they're still going to be a playing team. But um, that's why I got at the 10th seat. Jay, is that are you in accordance with me or what's going on? Yeah. I got the the cats in Madison Square Garden right there mm-hmm. at at number ten, um, and I and same thing. You look at the roster; they got they got some decent pieces. I'm still not sold on their roster, and that's for one reason. Tom Thibodeau, man, I never you never know what you're gonna to expect from this guy. You know, is he gonna be playing? Um, you know a backup third string guard over Derrick Rose over, you know, Jalen Brunson. What, what we never know what rotations we're going to get. The guys that should be playing seem to never play for Tom Thibodeau. So I, you never really can expect much from the Knicks besides, you know, two years when they had that were the fourth or fifth seed, they went on that huge run and were knocked out by the Hawks, but their success this year for me um, is on the development and, and it's tough to say, put all, you know, the, your stock in one player, but that's the development of RJ Barrett. Uh, I, I think if he makes a leap this year, they can be, you know, at least a little more competitive, right? Still in the same mix, but I, I think it's time for, you know, their third, their third pick in the 2019 draft, RJ Barrett to take that leap. And we saw, a little bit of that when he was for the most part, the number one option after about midway through the season last year and took over for Ju- a struggling Julius Randall. Um, and they need him speaking of Julius Randall, they need him to bounce back 
in a major year after a disappointing season last year, but not expecting much from the Knicks besides a play in exit in the first, first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I agree. Like This is just like the 15 seed. We're all in agreement. Like that the Knicks for number 10, um, they, they did get better. Um, just, they, I don't think Jalen Brunson moves the needle enough to put him over some of these higher teams. And it's like, I know they were the four seed a few years ago, but I feel like two years ago, they overachieved. Last year, they underachieved. So they're somewhere in the middle of that, like, play-in mix. Um, you know, Brunson, I mean, I'm sure he's going to even be a little bit better than he was last year in the season, not the playoffs, because I don't, I don't think he's going to go that crazy. Um, but, you know, Julius Randle, he's – going to still be an elite player, but I just don't see him having the same season he had in 2021. R.J. Barrett, you know, he's probably still going to be good for like at least 20 points a game. His development's important. Um, you know, D. Rose is going to be 100% healthy. You guys know how I feel about D. Rose. Um, but of course, you know, like last year, he got hurt in December and they were like hovering around the six, seven seed at the time. And then he got hurt and it fell all the way out. So I think his health is also pretty important too. So it's going to come down really to like those guys. It's going to come down to Mitchell Robinson's health. And now it's even more imperative that he stays healthy because they lost Noel and they lost Tosh Gibson. So it's Mm -hmm. like if he's injured, like they're going to have to play Isaiah Hardenstein, who is not bad. I mean, he can space the floor, I guess. But I don't know if he plays the style of basketball really that, you know, the Knicks or Tom Thibodeau wants to enforce um, at least most of the time. So I don't know, like he might. Like you said, like with the weird rotations, he might get the short end of the stick when it comes to that. So I think the Knicks, yeah, they did get better, but I just think these nine teams above them, like a lot of them also got better, maybe to a better degree, or they were just already a better team before that. So they didn't really have to do much, but I got the Knicks at 10. Okay. I like, I I like that. We're all in accordance with that. Um, I'm going to keep it pushing, but before I get to this next one, Garrett, I got to give you a little bit of background story. So we we, we did the, the Western Conference uh, predictions episode yesterday, and I had the Timberwolves at the ninth seed, and I caught a bunch of heat and a bunch of stray from, from Jay. I caught a bunch of heat from stray from our guests. Um, I'm sure, you know, when, when a family out there here at home, uh, some Timberwolves fans might be upset at me. Um, but I think I'm about to catch heat for another one, man. Um, but – this is, you know, this, this is who I am. I got to be honest. I got to give my bold prediction. And uh, I do think the Timberwolves will, will get that nine seed, but that's for another day. Today, this is what I got. <laughs> I think the Nets are going to come in at the ninth seed, okay? And I know it sounds crazy when you look at the roster, right? And I do like the addition of TJ Warren. I do like the addition of Royce O'Neal. But realistically, guys, I just cannot trust their roster throughout an 82-game season. Ben Simmons, we know the type of prima donna and drama he's always on. Kyrie, we never know what he's on. We never know what he's thinking when he's about to just leave for a couple of months. Kevin Durant, I mean, when he's on the court, I guess, you know, he's reliable. He does what he do. But that's just that's just drama from top to bottom. I think for Kevin Durant as the best player on that team publicly came out and like really disowned Steve Nash and like kind of got like, you know, really like like. 
I don't know, I hate to cuss, but like, you know, you're like the S word, right? You know, you're like, as like, you know, you got on him and, and then he like came, like walked it back. And I just think that, you know, that just makes so, so much for messiness. And I also think that, that they're extremely top heavy team, man. You know, they're a rolled uh, ankle away from being even worse, honestly, than, than, than the ninth seed. Um, I know it sounds crazy. Cause it's like, what John, it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, but I just can't trust that team above every other team that I have, like the, these eight teams that I have above them, when I'm looking at their roster, when I'm looking at what they did this off season, when I'm looking at the players they have, I'm, I'm putting my money on the line on these teams above the, the nets. I know that's crazy, but nets and nine seed Jay, go ahead. My brother. That is wild. <laughs> I do not have the nets that low. Yeah, I, the only thing stopping them really is guys playing, and I don't think Steve Nash is a good coach. Being a great player, being a two-time MVP doesn't make you a great great player. Like I said, I don't even remember what episode, Jay. If the Nets come up to a slow start, he's on the hot seat. He's probably gone, honestly, and they're going to get a, a, a basketball coach um, who's proven himself in the NBA in there because they – at their disposal, they have great players. I can't have them at nine. I can't have them at low, especially with the talent, just purely of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Not, not to mention they brought in some good NBA basketball players and Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren, um, and Ben Simmons. We he's he's on it. He has arguably the most to prove in the NBA this year. And I and I truly think he's gonna come in on a mission this year. You're gonna expect that. So I don't have them that low at my ninth seed and the same uh, and Garrett, you didn't, you didn't hear this. Yes. On our last episode, the way I'm looking at teams and personally is three words and that's progress, assess and regress. So this team I have, I guess technically would be progressing, but it's the Atlanta Hawks. And, and, and I guess I, I would say assess because the, I look at the Hawks and I don't really know can we, we do we really know what we're gonna get from the Hawks? I don't think so. De, Dejounte Murray it was the true the number one option last year. He's coming in. He's playing with the number one option on his team last year, and that's Trey Young. Guys who are ball dominant players. Um, how will that work? We don't know. John Collins does he want to be in Atlanta? We don't know. Is uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich gonna be healthy this year? Um, is DeAndre Hunter going to do anything else besides score and, and defend? I don't know who's going to be the starting center. Is it going to be Aneko Okongwu? Is it going to be Clint Capella? Is he going to be healthy? Um, what is their rotation? It's just a lot of question marks in Atlanta. And I think nine is right where they are. Nine is a team who's still trying to figure things out. Um, so I have Atlanta at, at the ninth seed in the East. Yeah, so I think this might be, like, the hardest spot on the list just because, like, there's nine teams that are playoff caliber. I will say I'm happy that neither of you guys picked the Bulls at nine because I've seen a lot of people picking the Bulls at nine, and it bugs me because I'm like, there's no way. Um, So, obviously, I don't have the Bulls nine, but I actually don't have either of those teams uh, that you guys said at number nine. Um, This might be hard just because, you know, their system works – but I just think that they're a little bit overrated. I think the last year they kind of had a little bit better of a year than you expected um, from them. And granted, they had their own injuries. But I think a lot of teams below them had injuries to a worse degree, including my Bulls, including the Nets. And that's the Toronto Raptors. 
I just Whoa. I knew yes. he was gonna go with the Raptors. Yes. I just I do not believe in the Toronto Raptors. Whoa. They didn't do hardly anything in the offseason other than adding maybe Otto Porter. You know, like in the it's draft got Christian Coloco, okay. They got Ron Harper Jr., okay. DJ Wilson, all right. They got Bo Cruz. So so I mean like <laughs> yeah, like I mean I don't know. I just personally, I don't trust them. You know what I mean? And I feel like personally, you know, they just don't stack up well. Now, maybe like matchup for matchup with specific teams like Miami or something like that. But I just don't see how they're a better team than a lot of these other guys above them. I think their depth is horrible. Like maybe they're like backup big men or something like that, like with bad young per se or something like that. But I don't I don't trust their perimeter depth. You know, like is Malachi Flynn gonna take a step this year to become better? Um, you know, they got Otto Porter Jr. Okay. He also was very successful. You know this yourself, Jay Hill. He was very successful in the Warrior system. Well, I saw Otto Porter, I saw a lot of Otto Porter with my Chicago Bulls outside of that Golden State Warrior system. He was not very good. Okay. He mm. sat out a lot of games. He was injury prone. You know, so I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of that happened too with the Raptors this year. They're also a very injury prone team. You know, how many times I think OG Ananobi, he's missed 20 plus games like every year of his career. He missed the whole playoffs when they won the championship, you know, and, you know, Scotty Barnes, I think people are trying to anoint him as like almost like the next Giannis or something like that. Like at least Raptors fans are, I do not understand it. I think that he's, I, I hate saying this because I hate like going so much against you know, if Raptors fans are watching, but I think he's overrated. Simple as that. I, I, I just think that he's really overrated. Wow. Um, you know, Fred Van Vliet, he was an all-star last year. Don't see him being an all-star again this year. I think the East is just so much better. You had guys like like DeJounte Murray, like Donovan Mitchell. Both those guys were all-stars last year, too. They're moving from the West to the East. You know, I think Siakam's still going to be great. Will he be all-NBA again? I don't think so. You know what I mean? So one of these teams has to miss it, you know, and if there was, if it was a maybe a 16 team format, like with both conferences merged, then the Raptors would be in the playoffs. But in the Eastern conference, I think there's eight teams better than them. So I, I have them at nine. I, I am shocked. Gary. Me too. I am shocked. <laughs> I, I, am I don't shocked. Really. And I know, I know, I know you're going to rile up some folks here, here in Toronto that are, that are listening to this, but I'm shocked. I, I, because if you look at the way that the Raptors are built, and you mentioned the depth, and and I, I understand that, but if you look at their roster, you look at Scotty Barnes, who I'm big on. I think he uh, was deserving of the Rookie of the Year. You know, it could have gone to him or Evan Mobley, but he was throughout the course of the year. His progression, um, the Ra- Raptors had a bit, uh, you know, a better record than the Cavaliers. He had a huge part to do with that. But you look at the rest of this roster, you look at Pascal Siakam, his ability to handle the ball, OG Ananobi, Otto Porter Jr., Fred Van Vliet, you know, Juan Hernan Gomez, Gary Trent, Chris Boucher. Those are all that's eight, uh, you know, that's eight players right there that I named who can all all play. And then, you know, someone else, you know, Thaddeus Young, Presses Achua, they have six, nine, you know, their their hybrid model player of six, nine um, guards, basically versatile guards who can guard, you know, switch through one through five. Um, I, I just think 
any team in the East, any team in the league is going to struggle with that, you know, scoring against that length that they have defensively. And Nick Nurse, the game plans that he uses, I think they added just the right amount of, of players. You know, Otto Porter, yes, he might not be healthy, but I look at the Warriors and the Raptors as two of the model developmental teams in the NBA. And I just don't see them finishing, you know, ninth in the league. That's actually, you know, t- I'm going to say it now. They have them um, and as a top four team in the East this year. It's because they've been establishing themselves. I value co- uh, chemistry in the NBA. A lot of these teams, you can bring in a star to and pair them with another star, similar to a James Harden. And the chemistry not might not be there. We're talking about a team who's had OG Ananobi, who's had Pascal Siakam, who's had Fred Van Vliet, um, who's had Chris Boucher, who were all part of the championship run. These are guys who have played together for four or five years and know themselves like the back of them hand, similar to a team like the Warriors. I'm not saying they're the same. I'm not saying they're as good, but knowing each other and playing and establishing that chemistry for that amount of time, that comes out of premium in the NBA. You know, a lot of teams are bouncing teams, and I don't see a Raptors team who knows themselves that well um, and knows each other that well being the ninth seed in the East ahead of, you know, the teams that I have there. So I, I got to backfire. I got I, I can't agree with you on that, man. I, this I just, is a top four team, in my opinion, in the East. I just feel like personally it puts too much emphasis on availability. And last year, yes, I know they had their injuries. If you compare, though, with – teams like the Bulls or teams like the Nets, you know, like a lot of these other teams had injuries to a worse extent. There was a time where they made, for example, as a Bulls fan, I know this, there were 24 players out with COVID in the league. Well, 12 of them were on the Bulls and they made us play like half a dozen games. And one of them was against the Raptors. Right. So I, and I'm just saying like against the heat, against the Cavs, I think we lost all those games. So like what I'm saying is that like they got, Yes, they had their own fair share of like, you know, knickknack injuries, whatever. But I think they got a better deal than a lot of other teams. And this year, it's going to put a lot of emphasis on availability because I believe Siakam and Van Vliet, they led the league in minutes per game last year. Okay. Mm -hmm. Of the top 10 in minutes per game last year, I believe they had four starters in there. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is their bench is almost non-existent. If one guy goes down, you know, who's going to fill up that void? Maybe Otto Porter replicates the same thing he did in Golden State. Maybe Malachi Flynn takes a jump. Maybe Thaddeus Young plays like, as we called him, Thaddeus Johnson when he was here, like with <laughs> with the, the Bulls or something like that. I don't even know if that's enough compared to like some of these other teams in terms of their depth. So I don't know. I think it limits what Nick Nurse can do as a coach because I think he's a really good coach too. But it limits what he can do as well. You saw it in the playoffs. They almost didn't stand a chance against Philadelphia. I know they won a few games here and there, like at the end, but Philadelphia for the most part was kind of destroying them. So I don't know. Man, I man, I, yeah, I, I I hear you, man. I hear you. Yeah, I definitely don't got the Raptors at the ninth seed, but I but I also definitely don't got them in my top four seed. So we will see. <laughs> we will see when uh we're off the Raptors. But yeah, the Raptors are a really exciting team. Looking forward to seeing how they play out this uh, this next year. Uh, but let me go ahead and kick off my eighth seed, and that's the Hawks, man. Um, to be to be real with you guys, like, I like their roster construction, like, as a whole, right? Like, with uh, with Trey Young, Clint Capella, John Collins, DeAndre Hunter. Um, and I think that 
the addition of DeJounte Murray was was like exciting. Like, you know, right when you first see it, it's like, wow, like that, that sounds exciting. But I feel like I just like how Jake Hill said, when you think about it from a basketball player, from a basketball player, basketball player's perspective, when you see how the Hawks have been playing last year, when you see how the how DeJounte Murray's been playing the really his entire career, he's been in the league. You're like, wait, how is that going to work with only one ball? Wait, like, is Trey Young going to play off ball? Trey Young's kind of small to play that two slash off ball kind of kind of guard. Like, he's really small. Like last year, uh, Trey Young was the second lightest player in the NBA because Darren Collinson was on the Lakers. Darren Collinson weighed 160 60 pounds. Trey Young weighs 164 pounds. I'm pretty sure Darren Collinson is on the South Bay Lakers now. So that means Trey Young is the lightest player in the NBA. And you're going to move him up to that two to, to that two guard that I know the league is very positionless, but you're going to move him up where people get a little bigger, people get a little bulkier, players get a little taller. So I just don't see how this is going to work out. Trey Young and Dejounte Murray. Besides that, I like their roster construction, um, but I think that they 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 got they got a lot to prove. At least to me personally, between Trey Young and Dejounte Murray working out on the court at the same time, there's only one ball. So that's what I got on my eighth seed. Jay, who who you got? Garrett, 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 Garrett. <laughs> I got the I got the Windy City Bulls. Well, I guess oh. that's a G League team. <laughs> but I got the Chicago Bulls coming at eight. It might be high. It might I'm sorry, it might be low. But I, I just think the losing Lonzo for that amount of time is uh is gonna be detrimental to the team. I, and, and this is this is a team who could you know, shock me. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if they finish higher because DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, who, who had a down year, let's call it that last season, but I think he's going to come back, you know, on a mission um, this season. Vucevic struggled, you know, first time being that low of an option last year, but I think he's going to be a better mix, but I'm also not sold on Billy Donovan as a coach, man. I always question his rotation sometimes. Um, and that's a question mark. I do like the addition of uh, Andre Drummond when he's at his best. I think there's no real question that he's a force, um, you know, with his rebounding, his activity. But you never know night to night what Andre Drummond you're going to get. So consistency has always been a big issue for him. Um, I do like that. Ayo Dansumu. Um, great. Or, sorry, Garrett, you're a, you know, an expert, you know, this, the, the bull is better than me, but I do like that he'll be starting for them. Cause I think he's, you know, proved himself a bit in his rookie year. He has showed some flashes there. So, you know, day one, they're giving him the starting nod over Caruso. I like that, but I do think defensively they have versatility with, you know, Caruso, Dunsumo. And then when, uh, and then when Lonzo hopefully comes back, you know, in November, December, not sure what his timeline is. They'll be a solid team, but until then, I think they might struggle a bit. Um, and, and struggling, if you want to call it, being in that eight seventh range. But right now, I have them at eighth in the East. Yeah. So my eighth in the East. I don't have my Bulls, um, but I'm, I agree with you, John. I, I got the Atlanta Hawks as well. Um, I I do. I actually think though they're kind of going to play it a different way, like. I know you said like Trey is going to be more so the two guard and that would make sense because obviously he's the better shooter, like getting the more looks. I feel like he's kind of going to be forced into playing the one as DeJounte is going to play more off the ball and be more like the perimeter defender, Um, you know, kind of like doing like the kind of like more of the little things in terms of that, but obviously still like 
a scoring playmaking option as well. Um, but I don't know. Overall, I mean, I don't think they got too much better. I mean, that was probably their only, like, major, like, fish in the sea, per se. Um, but, you know, losing, I mean, Gallinari, you, if you got, you know, I'm high on Gallinari. I don't know how much you guys know that, but I'm, I'm high on Gallinari. One of the most efficient players statistically of all time um, on the offensive end. You lose him. You lose Kevin Herter, who, I mean, he's been with the organization for a while now. Um, that's kind of like what you said, Jay Hill, in terms of the chemistry thing. You know, like he's kind of been alongside Trey Young, like since Trey Young's been in the league. You know what I mean? And, you know, losing him, I mean, he was huge in that game that sent him to the Eastern Conference Finals, like the game seven against Philly. So, I mean, I think you're losing a little bit there. Um, and DeLon Wright, I think DeLon Wright had a pretty solid season last year backing up Trey Young. So you take all these guys into account, you throw them out for DeJounte Murray. Do you get better? Probably like a little bit, but overall, I don't know how much better you get. And I think these other, some of these other teams that were already better in the Eastern Conference, you know, they got better to a better extent. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't know. I'm also not really sold on Nick McMillan as a coach. Um, but, you know, if, De, if DeAndre Hunter is healthy, which he rarely is, but if he's healthy, I think he could be a most improved player candidate this year. Um, I actually feel like if he is healthy, I mean, this might be like a bold take, but um, I feel like he'd be the second leading scorer on the team. Like, I feel like Trey would be first, and then I feel like DeAndre Hunter would be second. Um, and then maybe DeJounte could be like the third leading scorer, but more of the playmaking um, abilities for him. But, yeah, so I, I have them eighth. Um, you know, that's where they were last year. I just don't think they move really anywhere. Yeah, man. I just, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Gary. Just, yeah, I just got my qualms with the, uh, the Hawks. I just don't know if, uh, if they really, if they really got it, man. I just, I, I don't know if they really got it. Maybe, maybe even trying like, uh, when Trey's on the floor, DeJounte sits or, and then when Trey sits, DeJounte's on, maybe they'll always keep that pressure. But yeah, I definitely want to see how that's going to, going to work out. But we'll, we'll see. The season's coming up here. Um, but seven seed, um that's that's a that's the team garrett i think you had a little too high and jay you had too low i, I got the raptors man uh feel you know I, and I, I even in a way even feel wrong kind of for putting them in the seventh seed because last year they were the uh the, they were the fifth seed i believe they uh, got better but more than more than anything young teams like like the cavaliers like the raptors um you know those the, those the Memphis grizzlies those young teams Sometimes it's not even about adding a player or taking a player out. It's about just building scar tissue, just getting more experience, just learning how to be out there. And I mean, I think that's what the Raptors got. The Raptors got um, de definitely the, the 76ers handled them pretty uh, easily. But I, I wouldn't say that it was like, wow, the Raptors got outplayed. I just think that the, the Raptors had no answer for Joel Embiid. And that's a lot of teams in the league really don't have an answer for a player that big, that strong, that fast, that skilled. Um, so that, you know, that, that that's what I would point to. But um, but that's why, you know, I really feel wrong for putting the Raptors who were the fifth seed last year in the seventh seed. But realistically, I just I can't tell you that I think the Raptors are going to be a better team or have a better ra uh, uh, record than these top six teams that I have left. So I got the Raptors coming in the seventh seed. Jay, who you got? I know not the Raptors. Yeah, my seventh seed, I got the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, coming at seven. 
this is a team who's going to be integrating Donovan Mitchell. How is that going to look with, uh, with Darius Garland? I do like what they're building, you know, with the Twin Towers and Evan Mobley and Jaron Allen. Um, you know, Darius Garland's going to unlock even more of Evan Mobley. He's going to take a leap this year in the second year. But they still got some figuring out to do. Um, what are they going to do at the three position? Is Isaac Okoro going to step up and become a more efficient shooter? Remains to be seen. Um, you know, there is a huge emphasis, especially you look at the East and the wings that you're going to have to guard night to night. You're going to be guarding Jason Tatum. You're going to be guarding Kevin Durant. You're going to be guarding uh, DeMar DeRozan, Jimmy Butler. Uh, the list goes on of, of primary scoring wings in the Eastern Conference. And right now, I don't think Isaac Okoro is the answer. Certainly Donovan Mitchell, certainly Darius Garland isn't the answer guarding those guys because the, they're giving up so much size and strength. And we know Donovan Mitchell is not the best uh, defender as he was exposed when he was on the Jazz. So defensively in the guard position, it's it's an issue. But at the same time, they have the twin towers. They have they can funnel all that traffic into the lanes, and you have your shot blockers in Jared Allen and Evan Mobley as he develops and gets his timing right as in his second year. So, yes, there is some yin and some yang, but I just for that reason I have them at the seventh seed, um, still still fighting, still back in the playing um, game again this year. Um, but I do think they have a good chance of making the playoffs this year and winning, um, fighting their way out of the playing games this year. But I still have them at the seventh seed. Yeah, I feel like uh, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a few things to say on that. I guess in terms of the Cavaliers, um, but that's not the team I'm going with right now. Actually, I mean, had to put my bias a little bit aside, and I had to go with my Chicago Bulls at number seven. Um, okay. you know, maybe, maybe some people think it's too high. Some people, I mean, maybe like John, you know, I haven't heard him yet. So maybe it's too low for you. Um, the point is though, like, you know, when people talk about the bulls, like all they talk about is, you know, like Lonzo's going to miss some time. And I get that. Of course, last year though, in the games without him, I believe we were a little bit above 500. And I think personally we got better because, you know, you add Andre Drummond, we were one of the worst rebounding teams last year. And you add Andre Drummond. I mean, he's arguably the best, at least in terms of backup big men. I think he's the best rebounding big there is in the league. You add Goran Dragic, who I know a lot of people are going to say, like, he's washed, he fell off. Yes, he's not the same player probably that he was two years ago. But I think he's going to have a better year than he did last year. Because last year, you know, he started off the year with Toronto. Didn't really play, but maybe like a couple games. And he sat out for like five months before he came back onto the court. You know, there's a lot of rust that comes with that. I don't think he was completely ready. I don't think he was in great shape. Now he's been with the Bulls. I think he's going to be more in better shape throughout most of the season. He's going to be ready for a full 82. Um, you know, he's a little bit older. He might take days off. So probably like 70 or so games in a season. And I think he's still going to contribute at a high level too. I think he's still a solid backup big or a backup point guard um, for this team behind Io, who's going to be uh, the starting point guard. Um, I know – you mentioned like, you know, Billy Donovan, like his rotations aren't that great. I think his rotations, at least through preseason, of course, it's preseason, but they haven't looked too bad. I think part of it, though, is we just didn't have a backup big, you know, and like when he was playing guys like Tony Bradley, who I've ripped on more than any other Chicago Bull over the past <laughs> like year and a half, when he had to play him, 
we would get destroyed, exposed. But, you know, now we got Andre Drummond, and I get he's not a great defender. He's definitely an improvement, I think, off of Tristan Thompson last year, who was just too small. He's kind of a shell of himself at this point. And in terms of Tony Bradley, I think there's Tony Bradley is not a great NBA player, like personally. No offense to him, but I just don't think that. And then you also add, you know, Patrick Williams is going to be fully healthy. Alex Caruso is going to be fully healthy. You know, the other thing, too, is that Caruso, he got hurt, and then he got hurt again for six weeks in the season when we were really good with him, but he got hurt because Grayson Allen's an idiot, right? (laughs) We're not going to see something like that again. At least I wouldn't expect so, right? So I think you're going to have him healthy for a majority of the year. Patrick Williams, who played, I believe, every game or very close to his rookie year. Those guys are also supposed to be healthy. And then Dalen Terry in the draft, I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. He gives a ton of energy. He's a great defensive wing. He's a bigger player, like 6'7", 6'8". He's got a long wingspan. I think he's someone that you're going to see as the year goes on, he's going to get more and more shine. So, and you think about, you know, I get, I guess that Lonzo is injured or whatever, or injured or whatever, but you think about what the Bulls lost in the offseason. The only real loss they had was Troy Brown Jr., who isn't a loss at all because he really was a negative whenever he played. I would almost take Dalen Terry over him right now. And then you also add a Drummond and Drogic. And then whenever, you know, also Patrick Williams, really, and Caruso. And then Lonzo's going to come back healthy. I think we're going to be better than a lot of people think. So I got him at seven. Um, tried to be a little bit unbiased there. I feel like you could even make an argument they should be ranked better. But I'm going to keep him at seven. I, I, what do you think about Patrick Williams? Because when I, because John and I talked about this earlier, when I look at Patrick Williams and I see you know, Chicago and how far they can go potentially, you know, potentially being a higher seed, like the four or five seed or a six seed. I think if Patrick Williams develops offensively, because we know the flashes and how good he can be defensively. But I always say if he can make those steps offensively and be a real force and a real threat there for the Bulls, they could potentially be a team who's like a six, seven seed or potentially higher and, you know, upset, you know, a third seed, um, whoever you guys have, like a Nets or a, a Raptors or, or someone like that in a first round. But what do you think about Patrick Williams? What are your thoughts about him? I mean, I think he has a lot of t- like he's drawn a lot of comparisons to Kawhi Leonard. And I think mm-hmm. it's rightfully so. I think that they kind of shoot similar. Like, I think that defensively, you know, they have big hands and stuff like that. So, And they're both well-rounded, I think, on both ends of the floor. He's a capable shooter. So I think when it comes to that, and also I think the other thing, though, that I would compare him actually to Kawhi is that, you know, sometimes he's a little bit shy. You know what I mean? And, like, not as aggressive as he should be. Um, You know, not Kawhi. Kawhi has just seemed like a shy, quiet guy. Like, he's not uh, non-aggressive, excuse me. But at the same time, I think Patrick Williams, he kind of executes it like that on the floor sometimes. And maybe that's just because, like, you know, he was just getting thrown into the mix last year, like at the end of the year mainly, and he didn't know how to adjust. Because I think early on the first few games, he was actually playing pretty good. Uh, he played the first, like, I think four, and we won all those games. But I think if he's aggressive, you know, obviously going to provide better defensively um, for this team. And I think, honestly, even Vucevic will probably – I get it, he's not a great defender, but I think he will be better defensively than he was last year as well because, you know – He's heard a lot of the noise from last year. Chicago's a big market, right? 
outside of maybe like, you know, LA or New York or like, you know, those places like Chicago, like their market is huge. Right. And their fan base is arguably huger. Right. Or bigger or whatever. So I don't know. I think he's definitely heard the noise and he's going into a contract year. He's going to want to make sure that, you know, I'm playing the best of my abilities so I can get paid um, ideally from the bulls. But, you know, if they're not willing to give me something, then some other team will. So I don't know. I think overall, like the bulls are better than what people are giving them credit for. I guess that that's like my overall summary, um, mainly just because like Lonzo is going to miss some time, but, I mean, we were over 500 without him and all these other pieces. I think it makes us better. Garrett, I am right there with you, my brother. And as a matter of fact, I agree with you so much that I have me even higher than you. Well, even lower than you in this in, in, in this instance. Jay, you know how much um, how much how much I'm a, I'm a low key a Bulls fan on the low. I was I was I was, I was a big I was last year, I was pulling for DeMar. Uh, for MVP for a little bit, and then he kind of fell off. But we'll get there when I when I talk about the Bulls. Sixth seed. I don't mean to be disrespectful, man, but the I'm, the sixth seed it's got to be the Miami Heat. Look, man, I know that they were they were the number one seed last year, but I've said time after time after time again, Jay, I'm pretty sure you agree to me on this. I just don't believe in the Heat. Like, I, maybe it's just me, but like, I just don't believe in their Heat. Uh, I don't believe in, in their heat in the heat. <laughs> That's funny. But um, <laughs> that, you know, the depth in their roster is all right. You know, it's it's I definitely you know like the, you know, the Victor or the depot, the, you know, be able to have the Tyler heroes and be able to have the Max Truce and Duncan, Duncan Robinson's off the bench. But I just my problem is I just don't see them having one number one guy, one go to guy. And, and, and to me, that that's a problem. I think what that does is that creates identity issues and you can get throughout the season with the identity issues. But I think, you know, when playoff comes around, um, you do, you can't, you can't be that dominated team without, you know, ident- with, with, without a strong identity, without a number one go-to guy. And the rest of these five teams, I think are going to outperform uh, the Miami heat. So that's who I got at 60. Yeah. I have the heat culture at six as well. Uh, this is a team who's, you know, maybe you could say, I would say overachieved last year. They're strictly, you know, they're up there with one of the best cultures in the NBA, what they built over time, Eric Spolstra being ahead of the snake. But this is a team who just, you know, up to top to bottom, um, their roster doesn't really move the needle for me. You know, Kyle, an aging Kyle Lowry at, at the point. Um, you look at the rest of the guys, you know, Tyler Hero got the bag. Um, Jimmy Butler, bam, they want him to take a step up offensively. Is he going to do that? Is he going to take more charge? I don't know. We saw what he, how he struggled in the playoffs. So just a lot of, you know, question marks for the heat. It's definitely going to be a regression because I don't see them being the number one seed in the East again this year. Uh, Cause there's just a lot of better teams than them. Hopefully there's no COVID um, that, that will influence the season. These guys missing time like they did last year hopefully no injuries but a fully healthy east i don't see them finishing in the top five they're definitely not in my top five um in the east because like you said john uh perfectly with all the question marks that they have yeah i think uh, we're we're all in agreement i have the miami heat number six and i really i i actually i really think the bulls are actually a better candidate at the sixty than the heat which might be surprising i just didn't want to put it because First of all, I feel like maybe my, I was like, you know what? 
I was really thinking about it, but I was thinking like maybe my bias is showing a little bit and you know, the heat, you got to give them some respect. They were the one seed last year. They made it to the conference finals, almost the finals, but I just don't, I don't know. I'm not really sold. Like, I, I think like we're all kind of like in the same wavelength here. We're saying like the heat, like they don't, they don't like move me in that way in the same way. Like a lot of these other higher teams do, Um, you know, like, they added Jamal Kane, Orlando Robinson, Darius Days, and Nikola uh, Jovic, like, through the draft or free agency, like, signings, whatever. Maybe if it was Nikola Jokic, like, then that, that'd be a different conversation. But I just don't know. Like, a lot of the, they added a lot of, like, young guys that probably won't get too much light. And then the big loss is P.J. Tucker. Um, you know, yes. losing him, he's probably their only loss, but I think he's a huge one because the year before – like, and they didn't have him, they were the sixth seed, too. And, you know, you could argue that there's even more competition right now. So, I don't know. I feel like, personally, the Heat, they did have a little bit of a fluke year last year. Um, apparently, Pat Riley set out, like, a goal for Kyle Lowry to, like, lose some weight in the offseason, and he, like, failed it or something like that, too. So, that gives me the impression that Kyle Lowry probably isn't in the best shape. So, we don't know mm-hmm. what to expect from him. Oladipo, I mean... It's at the point, I think, with him where it's like we got to see it to believe if he's, you know, back or at least like close to um, the form that they expected to get from him. Um, You know, Duncan Robinson, what's going to happen with him? He was getting DNPs in the playoffs last year. So, like, there's too many things like that. I feel like this team's identity from when they were in the bubble is completely different. Um, And I I give them credit last year because they didn't make the conference finals close to the finals. Um, through all the injuries, I just think that it's hard like to bet on a team like that when you have a good assumption or a good feeling that they're probably going to be going through a lot of the same things again. Like, you know, Lowry is probably going to miss a decent amount of games. Didn't even talk about Bam or Jimmy Butler. I mean, both those guys missed a decent amount of games last year. They're just like kind of their star quality players. So it's hard to still bet on them when you have a feeling that they're all going to miss a decent amount of games. It's just that's just not how it works, at least for me. So. I have them six. I was really tempted to put them at seven, but I decided to give them respect just because, you know, they are a more developed culture, I think, than the Bulls. Um, I just personally think the Bulls' talent overall is probably – I don't know. Like, I would not be surprised. But yeah, I'll just I'll just say that I have the heat at six. I don't want to get too crazy into these, like, hot takes or whatever, but, yeah. Garrett, 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 man, I think that – I think that the fact that you're a Bulls fan – kept you away from putting the Bulls above the Heat. And look, man, I'm right there with you. I think the Bulls are going to be better than the Heat this year. I have the Bulls at – that's the coming at the, at, at the fifth seed. Um, everything you said about the Heat, I'm right there with you on. I did debate on putting them at the seventh seed as well. But the problem is I just – I just they've been having too deep of playoff runs as of late, and that would be just, like, disrespectful in the, in the, and then the depth on their roster. But, yeah, fifth seed, I have the Chicago Bulls. Um, honestly – this team is deeper than I think people realize. I mean, like last year, um, they really got that next man up mentality. Remember last year, Gary, when you were talking about um, the whole when the whole COVID was like ramping up and getting crazy. Yeah, I do remember when the Bulls had like almost it was almost all their starters were out due to COVID. They made, they made us play, but they made all these other teams like they canceled their games and stuff like that. So I just thought that's also something, you know. Exactly right, and then and then and then you know the players like 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 Kobe White, uh, Javante Green, Ayo Ayo really these bench players came in and produced and and stepped up and 
honestly saved the Bulls from having a horrendous season because that could have went south quick and that the the Bulls could have been fighting. I'm talking maybe like, you know, play uh, play in um, nine, 10 seed uh, potentially. So now, you know, the Bulls are running it back. You know, they're healthy, somewhat healthy because I know Lonzo Ball is not here yet. Patrick, uh, Patrick Williams is coming back. I'm a big believer in Patrick Williams. I think a big area that they struggled in last year is defense. He's a great defender for them. Actually, probably one of their, you know, their, their leading the defenders uh, would love, would love to see Zoe out there. You know, you know how much of a great guard and defensive guard he is, but you know, we're not going to get to see him for some time. And then Andre Drummond, he, you know, he's not ideal. <laughs> uh, what I've been saying is like, look, Andre Drummond was not the person you wanted to go with, but he's like a Walmart version of the person you wanted to go with. Like you're not, you're not tripping. You're like, you know what? I didn't, you know, I don't want that, but I'll, I'll take Andre Drummond instead of Kristen Thompson, uh, Tristan Thompson, man. Cause I mean, they just got bullied and embarrassed by the Bucks bigs last year. So that's, you know, good, good to have a big body in there. Um, don't get me started on Dale on Dalen, Dalen Terry, man. I was watching all those Rico Hines runs. He's legit. He's legit. I understand that pickup basketball and NBA basketball are two different things, but Dalen Terry is legit. Uh, the Bulls, I think, have a legit shot. Um, at title, I don't know because I think that's between two teams in the East, but I think they, they, they're they in the, the top five seats for me. Rambled on a little bit on that one, but shout out Bulls. Yeah, I got the Nets at number five, coming in on number five. Um, I think that might be a little too low for them. Honestly, because of the talent they have, they have Kevin Durant, they have Kyrie Irving, um, and hopefully both of those guys are healthy for the majority of the season this year. And then Ben Simmons, those three guys alone, that's enough talent to to take you to the title, uh, to potentially win a title if the rest of the bench unit that they added and improved on this year. Um, I think Nick Claxton's going to take a step up this year. You know, they got Patty Mills back. Joe Harris, very underrated player who was missing all of last year. Um, a three, a three, three and D stretch guy. It remains to be seen um, if he, his ankle is going to hold up because I've heard, you know, steps uh, uh, talking of his ankle just being might not be ready to go for the start of the season, but he's, He's been looking. Uh, he's been looking good um, in, in his rehab and and coming back and everything. And I just like that the Nets, what they've been doing and adding around. You know, Bryce O'Neal um, and and the rest of this bench unit that they have. You know, so we'll see what the Nets can do. Um, on paper, they have a solid team. They have a team who can compete. And Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that that duo alone, led them. You know to what an inch away from being in the Eastern conference finals or, you know, beating the bucks a year ago or two years ago. So the, this is a team, the, final, the finals, Jay Hill, they yeah. would have beat the Hawks too. Like, let's yeah, yeah. They were, let's, facts, facts. They were, they were an inch away. So having them at five could be a little, uh, to be honest, could be a little low. I, they, I could see them finishing higher than five. Um, in the power rankings, if we were doing a power rankings, I would have them higher, may probably possibly top three, but we're doing predictions on finishing the regular season. And it remains to be seen if those guys can stay healthy or, you know, Kyrie's not going to miss for a wedding or he'll be away to, <laughs> for personal mental health. Time. We for don't know wedding. Ben Simmons, if he's going to be meant to miss some time. So we don't know. We, we really don't know what to expect from these guys in the regular season, but 
when they're at their best, we know they can compete with anyone in the league. So I have the Nets at five. Garrett, who you got, man? Yeah, so my number five. See, this was a really tough one because early – I've never seen a team who had an offseason that was so great and so bad at the same time. And I had this team, like, about a month and a half ago. I had them, like, number one. You know, like, I had the number one. It's like they're going to be the best record this year. Now I had to drop them to five just because of other things that have happened, and that's the Boston Celtics. Um, you know, just because everything is so tight-knit in there. Losing Udoka, you know, that's going to be a huge blow. I think the chemistry within the organization is going to start to, like, maybe spiral a little bit worse. You know, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's hard to predict those things, but you kind of have that feeling that it will. I like the addition of Malcolm Brogdon. I really do. And I also like the addition of Gallinari. Of course, now he's going to miss basically the whole year um, with his torn ACL. Um, you also have, um, you know, Robert Williams, who's going to miss a decent amount of time early in the year. You know, and then as for, like, you look at the rest of the guys that they added, they didn't really add anything. I mean, Blake Griffin, okay, I guess. Um, you know, they lost Aaron Naismith, um, Daniel Tice. That They didn't really lose much. But the point is, I just feel like the overall – you know, feeling within the organization is a little bit weird right now. And I feel like it, as a result, it's going to like kind of turn on them um, in a, in a bit of a weird way. I also, you know, I know they were the second seed last year. I probably also think that even though this is all tight, like I said, but taking into account too, like their star players, they have some history of being inconsistent at times. So I wouldn't be surprised if like, you know, maybe they beat a team like the Bucks, and then they turn around and lose to a team like the Thunder or something, something like that. Like they just seem like one of those teams that are most likely going to have that happen. Um, they have had that happen over past years, um, and I get it happens to a lot of teams, but I think more so um, probably with them than you would expect of a team of their caliber. So I have them fifth, I, and again, I've never seen a team have such a great off season. They got Brogdon, Gallinari. I'm like, you know, this is great. Like they're looking nice. And then you lose Udoka, Gallinari's hurt, Robert Williams hurt. And it's like, well, geez, like that turned dark really fast. So I, I have them fifth, but I would not be surprised if they finish higher. Um, this is where I have them. Okay. I like that. Celtics, Celtics at the fifth. Let me run off my fourth. Uh, and that's the Cavs, man. I just think with the addition of Donovan Mitchell, man, I don't know if it's just me. I just feel like the Cavs are just going to just pick up exactly where they left off what last year in the season, except adding a player like Donovan Mitchell, which gives you a huge amount of, uh, of a, a huge boost in confidence, a huge uh, just hope, a, a huge boost in your, you know, in your hope to just pick up exactly where you were last season. Um, I think Evan Mobley is going to take a big jump. Uh, I'm talking like he's going like to easily average a double-double nightly like last year as a, as a rookie. 15 points per game, eight rebounds. I think he's going to definitely surpass that eight rebounds, be averaging double-double nightly. Twin Towers, Jay, you talked about that. I I, I do agree that, you know, it, it, it when teams go small and, and also the perimeter defense of the Cavs is definitely a bit worrisome, but um, the way I was looking at it was like, man, I mean, you have the Twin Towers in, 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 Mo, in, uh, in Mobley and Jared Allen, uh, I mean, I mean, Robin Lopez isn't a great defender anymore, but, you know, Robin Lopez and, you, you know, you, you have you have these bigs that I think um, Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland, 
Ricky Rubio, Karis LeVert, uh, Isaac Okora, the guards, they can just funnel them inside and then kind of allow uh, for these, you know, the, 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 these, uh, these twin tires to take care of it. Um, and also, man, let's just not forget about uh, JB Bickerstaff, man. He's a great coach. So shout out to Cavs. Um, I'm, I'm expecting a big season from them. Big, big season from them. Uh, top four seed for me. Jay, who you got in that four seed? I just, you look, you look kind of crazy when I say Cavs. <laughs> yeah, nah, I, I, I mean, we, we'll see. I, I'm just hesitant always to have teams who, you know, have that integration process, who have, you know, new guys, new stars, especially to come in. So I'm a little hesitant to anoint them a top four seed in in a, in any conference. Uh, although, I mean, I did it lot yesterday with uh, <laughs> with the Timberwolves being four seed. But uh, let's talk about number four. And that's who I got uh, who reside in the Scotia Bank Arena. They call that home. And that's the Toronto Raptors uh, uh, resident of the city. But, you know, I, I think the Raptors are, are you know, coming 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 in hot this year. I think they they've got, you know, the same starting five back. Potentially Gary Trent might be out at some point. Precious Atua slides in, but I just love their 1 through 5 switchability, you know, surrounding you know, surrounding Fred VanVleet, you know, their catalyst, their playmaker with four, six, nine guards basically, guys who can handle a ball, who can shoot, pass. Um, gritty defenders defensively can match up with pretty much anyone in the NBA. And I love that. I think there that comes at such a premium um, in the NBA. And I think that can't, that kind of size strength and athleticism can't be replicated. And it's hard as any team coming up against the Raptors, it's a nightmare matchup, honestly, you know, Pascal Siakam could score um, Scotty Barnes. I think he's going to take a big leap in his second year. Um, you know, OG Ananobi, if he stays healthy, he 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 can, you know, potentially be at one, two, uh, third option for them. So a lot of scoring, great defense. The Raptors can compete and be a top four seed, in my opinion, this year. Um, and they added a little bit more depth to counter your point, Garrett. Um, in in Otto Porter Jr., Hernan Gomez might see some minutes. And then they have, not to mention, if they don't need to rely potentially on uh, Malachi Flynn, they can rely on, you know, the built-in guards, 6'9 guards in Scotty Barnes, who's, you know, Nick Nurse said is going to be potentially playing some point guard this year, and Pascal Siakam, who can handle the ball, create for his teammates as well. So I just love how they can score and have point attack, point of attack um, creators at pretty much one through five, honestly. So scary nightmare mashup. Toronto Raptors have them as my four seed. Might be a little high, but that's where I got them right now. I don't know. It might be disrespectful to say, but I feel like Juan Hernan Gomez, I, I trust him more as an actor than I do as a as an NBA <laughs> He's an elite baller. He's come an on, elite baller. <laughs> he's an elite in that, in that movie, man. man he he was on, he was in that movie. He was in that movie. Um, yeah. So my number four, that's fair, though. That's fair. Um, my number four, though, I have the Brooklyn Nets, who, you know, they're still going to be up there. I think, actually, you know, they did get better. You know, like adding TJ mm-hmm. Warren, Royce O'Neal, uh, Markeith Morris. Like, they got a lot better in terms of a talent standpoint. You know, now they have Seth Curry and Joe Harris. Both those guys were top six uh, in the league in three-point percentage off catch and shoots. 
uh, last year. But then, of course, Joe Harris missed a lot of the season because he was injured. You're going to add him back. And then, you know, Kyrie Irving, yes, I know he's a mystery, but I think he's not going to play as little games as he did last year, mainly because he sat out literally like half the season um, with the whole like COVID thing. But I think he'll probably, you know, you, you're going to expect him to miss some games, like doing something stupid or something like that, probably. Um, but I would say like he would probably play about as many games as in 2021. And now it's the year, like you said, Jay Hill, they were almost like an inch away from going to the finals. Um, so I think he's going to play more games and that always helps. Kevin Durant, I would expect him to play more games. I mean, he had an injury that kept him out for about like what, like a little over a month or something like that. Maybe even longer. I, I, it was so long ago now. I don't remember. It might've been a month, month and a half. Um, but you know, and then the pieces that they lost, you know, I get that they lost Drummond and Drogic. I just personally think that for their system, that Drummond was not a great fit. I don't think Drummond can be your starting center. Okay, let me address this as a Bulls fan. As a backup, I think he's great because he's playing in a limited reserve role and he's asked to do like maybe one or two things. But I think as a starter, you're putting a lot of pressure on him. I just don't see how that works. And that's why it never worked when he was kind of like the focal point in Detroit for all those years. Um, so I just, you know, I think it's a different role for him in Chicago than he was in Brooklyn. And they couldn't have really relied on him like that. Uh, in terms of like Goran Dragic, of course, like I said, like he just really didn't have his legs under him. I don't think at that time, I think really their only major loss probably is Bruce Brown um, going to the Nuggets because he played well in the playoffs. But I think when you add in like, you know, guys like Warren O'Neal, um, you know, Joe Harris coming back, Seth Curry for a full year. Like, I think, you know, Kyrie, Ben Simmons is available, and it looks like he's most likely – I mean, Ben Simmons' presence alone is going to make a team better, right? I mean, like, I know, yeah, he can't shoot, but, you know, he's an all-star caliber player still. And I think the fact that he's playing at all is better than last year because he didn't play at all, right? So – all these things considered, yes, the chemistry might be seen as a little bit whack, but I think that's going to quickly, like, they're going to quickly forget about that to the same extent, um, you know, as time goes on and they're getting closer to the playoffs or looking more like a solidified team that they thought they were, you know, in 2021 and they got so close, they had the injuries and then still came very close. So I have a number four uh, personally. Okay. Okay. Number four, number four, man, I mean, I got him a little low. I got him, you know, a little, a little uh, higher, I guess, on my list per se. But, uh, but I, I totally respect that. Um, but all right, so let's give you a question. Uh, I will kick off my th- number three, and that's the Celtics, man, Garrett. I like how you said I did have him sitting at the top, but um, I, with everything that's been happening, I don't have him dropped at the, to the fifth seed, but I have him dropped to the third seed. And I think the loss in Udoka is gonna hurt, and in a way, I think this is ultimately gonna, you know decide a question that I feel like a lot of people in the basketball world's asked like oh who's more important like a player or a coach because player brings this and who's on the court actually getting it done but a coach really kind of sets you up to win and I think this is going to kind of in a way answer that question in my opinion it's players you know but uh, which is why I think the Celtics are still you know going to be a top uh, top elite team in the east uh, love the love the addition of Malcolm Brogdon that's like exactly what they needed uh, very upsetting to see Daniel Gallinari uh, out, you know, because I also think I'm also high on Daniel Gallinari, Garrett. Great move. Uh, but Celtics sitting at the third seed. 
just I just yep, couldn't I, have them above two and one. Go ahead, Jay. Yeah. Yeah, Jay, right there with you. I got the Celtics at the three. Not much to add. Uh realistically, yeah. They're they're, you know, without Emi Adoko, but let's be honest, you know, the players play the game the coaches make the make the game plans and and their job to adjust joe masula was on the coaching staff last year last year and he saw all the things that were happening in the locker room he was in on those team meetings with the coaches coaches only meetings he was in on the game plans all that so i don't know if it'll be that much of an issue uh, uh much of a um kind of adjustment period but definitely will be a little bit and then um jason tatum Will he take the next step? Will he make the leap? Jalen Brown, will they be, um, you know, less playmaker, have the ball in their less in their hands? I think they will because I love the addition of of Malcolm Brogdon. Um, He's going to take the ball out of their hands more. He's going to be the primary playmaker and they're just going to do what they do best, which is, you know, scoring in one to two, two maybe three dribbles, keeping it simple rather than kind of extending the play, having the ball in their hands for, you know, majority of the shot clock. And then, you know, creating a lot of turnovers that way for themselves, keeping it simple. Um, Malcolm Brown is a perfect, you know, guard to have there in the system because that's what they needed last year. You know, they got Marcus Smart back. Um, Robert Williams may hurt a little bit, but that's why you got Al Herford, you know, the veteran um, player in there at the center. Uh, to to anchor down that team but yeah I got the Boston Celtics regressing a little bit but still a top three team in the east just simply based off talent um, you know having the experience the scar tissue last year making it all the way to the finals and they got something to prove this year and I think that's um, a, there'll be a huge motivating factor for them coming into the season yeah my uh, number three I have the Milwaukee Bucks um, they're basically the same team as last year no huge moves I mean like Giannis Middleton, Holiday, Brook Lopez. These these guys are gonna be. They're gonna get you up there. You know, maybe top three or so. See, I just don't think they care about number one. Um, but I don't know. I think you know the Bucks very well. Like could have been at least in the finals. Maybe could have won the championship if um, Middleton was healthy. I know Jay Hill doesn't like me saying that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think there's they're gonna be a top three seed. Um, but yeah. Man, Garrett, wow, you're <laughs> you're you're tripping, man. Like, I mean, the you Bucks, think that's too low? Wait, you think, think that's too that's low? That's just too it's too it's like too, too low. low. Like they're the I, I feel like personally they won't care enough about the one seed. Is my thing. If they wanted the one seed, they could get it. That's what I'll say. But I feel like three is fine. They were the three seed last year. They were the three seed year before. I think it's just meant to be. They're going to be third again. And it's not just because, like, they can't get one. Like, they can, obviously. I just don't think they'll care enough to get it, is my assessment. Okay. Okay. I like, I like that. Let's see. Let's see. But let me see. Um, let me run off my my uh, my second seed. And that's the 76ers, man. I mean, I really do believe in James Harden. He's back in shape. He looks back in shape. Um, I believe he's one of those players who just has those on or off switch. And he just had it off in Houston. And now he's going to turn it right back on. Um, when he's uh, when he's in Philly, uh, I know who James Harden is. I know he's proven himself as a player uh, in the past, but I think this year he has a lot to prove. Um, not only, you know, I mean, not to me, but I feel like to the world, because a lot of the world's written him off. He got it. And he's also got to prove that he's he's a winner. You know, he can't just be someone who just puts up numbers. He's got to be James Harden, the winner, not James Harden, the one who just scores and gets a bunch of assists every single game. 
but loses. Uh, so I think the you know this year is going to be arguably one of maybe like overall best like career year for James Harden. Um, I think Joel Embiid, Jay, you know this very well. I think Joel Embiid's gotten robbed of the MVP the last like two years. I think he's he's coming with a vengeance. He's got something to prove. Uh, you know when you mix that up, you mix a Joel Embiid with something to prove with James Harden with something to prove. Uh, James Harden, arguably, I talk about this all the time, best ball handler out of the pick and roll in the league. Joel Embiid, really one of the best options to have uh, rolling in the league. Bigs, uh, options are just endless, man. I mean, you could hit Harden on the three. You could you know, go to Joel on the roll, the lob. Um, also, Joel Embiid never played with a guard like James Harden. Uh, ben Simmons just limited him so much uh, being out there. Uh, this is also, in my opinion, the best team built around uh, Joel Embiid and the 76ers. I mean, you got dogs. You got dogs on that team. So I'm going yep. 76ers. Retweet. Retweet. Yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, yeah, I got Philly at at second and the second seed for, for all the reasons you mentioned, Jay. Nothing really to add on there. It's a season to prove for these guys. Season to prove for Doc Rivers. Um, folks saying he can't coach. Um, he hasn't been the same since 08. And I mean, let's be real. He's underperformed as a coach with all the talented teams. Like there's no reason you even look back to the Clipper days that that team never made a Western conference finals. So you got to start asking questions from the top down there. Well, you know what I, how I feel about Joel Embiid, how he's always had, it's the other guy's problem. It's Ben Simmons. Um, why, why, what is Ben Simmons not doing? It's James Harden why they should have been better so now Joel Embiid's got to look in the mirror so it's a season to prove for him James Harden has been a g- amazing um regular season p- player throughout his whole career but we know that what the talk has always been can't get it done in the playoffs so it's a season to prove for him in that regard um and and I do like all the additions the P- the dogs they added and PJ Tucker and DeAnthony Melton that's gonna be a nice complimentary roles and you know who I love, Tyrese Maxey. I think this is going to be a breakout year for him. We saw the improvements that he made last year, but I think he's going to continue to improve. Um, I was watching the real training camp or whatever, um, the new kind of documentary, not documentary, live practice that they have, um, the, the, the NBA TV was piloting this season. I'm not sure if this is the first year they did it, but I was watching Philly and a clip from that, and um, Doc Rivers was just saying to Tyrese Maxey, you know, we we want you to be aggressive. Come up the floor looking to make plays. You know, don't defer to guys. Take the, take the driver's seat. Be in the driver's seat. Be in control of this offense. And I think we're going to see a more aggressive, motivated breakout year from Tyrese Maxey. And I think it's only up for the, for the Sixers this year at the top of the East. But Garrett, what do you feel? Yeah, so my number two um, probably might be a little bit of a surprise team. If you notice, I've left one off so far, um, and that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that they're going to be second. Um, here's the thing with the Cavaliers is that last year, for a decent chunk of the year, when, you know, and they still had injuries even prior to this. I think this is even like after Ricky Rubio tore his ACL and stuff like that, too. Um, they were sitting up there as like a top three seed in the East, right? And then they ended up flying down. Everyone went down like crazy. Jared Allen went out. Evan Mobley went out. Um, and this was all done like without, right, Colin Sexton too. But then they started to fly down. They still finished 44 and 38 after all that, the eighth seed. 
and they only lost in the play-in, I think, really, because, you know, Jared Allen was kind of a shell of himself. He just came back that day. You know, if it was a healthy Jared Allen, they still would have made the playoffs, I think. Like, I think they would have beat Atlanta in that playing game. They had home court advantage and everything. Yeah. But then you factor in, so Ricky Rubio was traded for, you know, Karis LeVert at, the, you know, I think at the trade deadline or something. And then they just signed Ricky Rubio back. I know he's going to miss some time with the injuries, um, but he's still going to be in the locker room as a presence, and he's going to come back midway through the year. So essentially they just took Karis LeVert straight out of Indiana and brought him over to Cleveland. Right. They got Robin Lopez as a solid backup big, um, even though I mentioned earlier, like between Cade and Evan Mobley, that I think Cade is the better of the two in terms of like best player from the draft class in 2021. I still think Evan Mobley is a great player, and I think he's going to improve this year, too. And then Jared Allen as well. He's still going to be a force inside. You got multiple players on this team that have made the NBA finals and have experience there. And then you look at Darius Garland. He was an all star last year. And then on top of it all, you add Donovan Mitchell into the mix. I mean, this is one of the best playoff performers in the league, and he's also a guy who's made the playoffs every year of his career. And on top of it all, and I've been watching like them in preseason, his defense looks really good. I think part of it, too, is you know he came into the league when the Jazz first – well, the Jazz didn't draft him. When the Nuggets drafted him and traded him to Utah – Utah was expecting Donovan Mitchell, you know, the defender, because that's what he was seen as all throughout, like, college and stuff. He's an elite defender, right? As time went on, they had to ask him to do more and more. That was right after they lost Gordon Hayward. Someone had to fill in that role. And he became the primary scorer on the team. He's averaged 20 a game every year. When he got the extension in 2021, he was seen as Donovan Mitchell, the scorer, right? And all the other guys around him, like Conley, Bogdanovich, uh, obviously Gobert, uh, Royce O'Neal, stuff like that. They were meant to surround him with, you know, catch and shoot abilities, which they did a lot of that in terms of volume and defense, right? And outside of maybe Gobert, because Gobert was asked to do a lot, you know, a lot of those guys weren't doing it. Like Mike Conley has regressed as a defender. Bogdanovich has regressed as a defender or regressed. But now you got him in Cleveland, you know, their whole system, I've been watching him too. He's been playing really nice defense. So I think he's more bought in on that end of the floor. And at the same time, it's still Donovan Mitchell, the scorer, that he got the extension in 2021. You add all this together, and I think it's you know a match made in heaven. They're going to be a great team in the uh, regular season at the very least. You think about, too, the trade for Mitchell. like They traded Sexton, Markkinen, and Oche Agbaji. Like, Agbaji was a draft pick, and Sexton didn't hardly play at all last year. So you basically just traded Lowry Markkinen for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, that's that's a win, if, if you ask me personally. So all that considered, and, you know, they also got screwed a lot by injuries last year. I would expect them to be at least a little bit more healthy. I, I got them number two in the Eastern Conference. Wow. I'll say, Garrett, I'll be honest, man, that is a bold prediction because of, <laughs> you know, the integration of, uh, of you know, Donovan Mitchell and all that. But, hey, I like it. You know, it's not a, it's not, it's not a bad one, man. So I, I like that. But uh, all right, guys, so then let, let me go ahead and run off my first seed, which is what, what we're all here for, what the family has been listening to this lengthy episode four. Um, number, number one seed, it's got to be the Bucks, man. I mean, healthy team, 
a healthy roster. I think, in my opinion, they're the best team in the league. They're the hardest team to beat in a seven-game series. Everything, man, from offensively to the options they have uh, to the lineups they can run to defensively to the the, the versatile different lineups of, of Giannis out of five, Giannis out of three, Giannis, you know, um, uh, the um, Brooke Lopez out there, um, you know, Sergi Baca. I think that team, uh, it's just it's trees, man. It's trees and then Giannis and then, you're bringing back a healthy Chris Middleton. Uh, they're probably my favorites for the championship this year. Uh, so I'm going with the Bucks. Yeah, Jay, I'm right there with you. My first seed, well, for the first seed, I have the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I think they're the second best team and right under that second tier below the defending champion uh, Golden State Warriors. Um, I think they're kind of, they're they're coming out of the East, but I definitely have the Warriors as the best team defending champions right now um having the having them going back to back this year but yeah no i think the the bucks uh will you know the, chris middleton like garrett said i think they would have been in the in the um potentially in the finals um but you know we'll never know um and they could have you know given the warriors maybe a better test but the celtics brought them to six so that's pretty good of a test in itself but yeah no the bucks this is a team who, you know, led by Giannis, who I believe is the best player in the NBA right now, um, can get it done both offensively and defensively. And then you look at their supporting cast, Drew Holiday. I don't think there's any, you know, better complimentary guard um, that they could ask for. And then you look down the line uh, of the young guys and the depth that they still have there. Uh, I, ju- I just think it's, you know, a recipe for success and, you know, Budenholzer, he's still a question mark of a coach, but he still has the right game plan and, and mindset and mentality. And I think he's been growing um, as a coach, but I'm still a little question, question mark, but I still think this, this roster wise, they're the best in the East and, you know, a motivated Giannis is scary for the rest of the league. I keep saying that. And that's the theme for this year. Uh, so I have them at one. Yeah, I mean, I could I could respect that, and I could see it happening too. Um, I have my number one seed. I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, you know, like like you said, John. I think James Harden. He's got a lot to prove in a certain sense of you know, like the playoffs and everything like that. But just I guess in terms too of his work ethic in the off season, I think that's another thing. Just because like the last few off seasons, it seems like. You know, it's been more of so about like partying, whatever. I would say like since 2017 is probably the last time where, you know, he kind of like focused more on like his body and like getting right and stuff like that. And I think he's done that too, like in this offseason. I think that he's done just what he did in 2017. That was before the season they won 65 games with Houston. I don't think they're going to win 65 games, but I think you're going to see like James Harden and Joel Embiid you know, click as like a solid one, two throughout the whole year. And on top of that, Tyrese Maxey, I mean, like he's probably going to be, I would say maybe like a 20 point per game score this year too. On top of that, you still have Tobias Harris. You have PJ Tucker. You basically stole him straight from Miami who, you know, he was, he kind of played a huge role uh, to some extent in that series when they played in the playoffs, actually, like when he got hurt that one game, uh, I remember that's like when Philly started going on a run. I can't remember what game that was. Um, and then also DeAnthony Melton, I think he's one of the more underrated guards off the bench. It's like a six man in the league. And he, and he was kind of getting like hidden away, like in Memphis, really no one was talking about him, but the year before he was playing really good. And I think you add him to Philadelphia. I think he could do a lot of things maybe that Tyrese Maxey is capable of doing, but just off the bench and like 
like a Walmart version per se. Um, you had Daniel House, you had Montrez Harrell, um, and really the players they lost, like they didn't do too much. Like maybe Danny Green, okay, you lost him. He's injured anyways. You know, what was he going to contribute to this team this year? DeAndre Jordan, I think losing him is a plus, really. At this point in his career, like I- I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and then again, like James Harden is – you know, he looks like he's in better shape. And I think Joel Embiid, again, is going to play like an MVP candidate. Um, he's been relatively healthy the past few years, and I would expect him to be so um, as well, again, at least to the extent where, you know, he's playing a majority of the games. Um, and, yeah, I think that they're going to, you know, show a lot of people in the regular season. I feel like this is like – I know you said this is maybe the best team they built around Joel Embiid, and I would say, like, that's true. Um, maybe not the best Sixers team they had, because you could argue like the Jimmy Butler, JJ Redick team as well. But I think like this is specifically built around Joel Embiid. Like he's the focal point, and like you know Harden's kind of like the main playmaker. Maxi is like the perimeter scorer and stuff like that. Like, but it all starts with Joel Embiid. And I think of the, among those teams, like this is the best team they've had, and I think they're a serious threat at winning the championship too. I'm not saying they're, they'll be the favorites, not saying I'm picking them to win the East, but they very well could. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It's It should be interesting. Really, it should be interesting to see how this all unfolds, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely, man. Man, the Eastern Conference is going to be an interesting uh, thing to, for us to watch all year and, you know, stay up to date with. Uh, but, man, I mean, here, you know, for the family, you know, that's a good place for us to go ahead and wrap it up, man. Here, This is our predictions for the Eastern Conference. 15 through one uh, Garrett, man, we both, me and Jay really want to thank you for coming on the pod again. Is there uh, any, uh, any final words you want to say before we uh, sign off here? Nah, man. I mean, just go bulls. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I just, I've seen a lot of bulls hate lately. So I'm, I'm just hoping for a good season for my bulls. Um, and I think the playoffs this year, I mean, like, I know like we're, this is a regular season, but I think the playoffs this year, um, are going to – it seems like a broken record because every year it's like, oh, they're going to be so great. Oh, they're going to be great. Like this year I'm like really excited because there's a lot of people coming back, not even just the East, but like on the West side of things, like you got Kawhi, you got Dame, you got Zion, all these guys are coming back. Like it should just be interesting to see how the NBA unfolds this year. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, Gary. I always, pre- always appreciate and love having you on the show. And um, yeah, couldn't – couldn't repeat those words any better. Um, this is going to be an interesting year. Uh, praying for health and, and hopefully everyone stays healthy. But this is this is shaping up to be one of the best uh, seasons we've had in a while. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So, you know what that means for the family out there, man. Uh, make sure you guys stay up to date with all the episodes that we're going to have going on. Uh, throughout the season um make sure you guys stay up to date with my guy garrett man in the super mario hoops 24 channel i'm gonna link everything in the description down below so make sure you guys go check them out go show them some love um but if that's it then we out here y'all clutch talk out peace